It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. We now turn to this whole Putin-Russia-Ukraine-Biden mess. Mess is what I'm going to call it. And we bring in Senator Bill Haggerty of Tennessee, former ambassador to Japan, foreign policy expert, among his other things. Uh, Senator Haggerty, thank you, sir, for coming on. Appreciate it. Larry, it's always great to be with you. It's just such a tragic time, though, that we've got to be talking about the situation in Ukraine. I, I feel deeply for them, particularly now that Kamala Harris has been sent to, uh, to take <laughs> care of things in Europe. Uh, I, I think uh, Zelensky is extremely worried. The president of Ukraine must be, be, be very discomforted knowing that Kamala Harris has been put in charge of this now as well. Yeah, I know. It just that was really not not a good news item. I mean, no, after no, her great, her terrific handling of the border crisis down yeah, south, the southern border. She's done such a good job with our American southern border. Now she's going to go there to protect Ukraine's border. It's ridiculous. <laughs> God, it's just it's surrealistic. This whole thing's existential. Um, would you tell me why <clears throat> President Biden feels compelled? Uh, almost every day to predict that there's an invasion coming. I mean, even if he, I don't know what the intel is saying. He gets his briefings, you know, top secret briefings in the morning. The intel may be telling him that. But why does he have to say it publicly? And then, as Senator, why is he not imposing sanctions, you know, putting timelines on things like March 1st, if your troops aren't back in the barracks, we're going to, cut off the banking system. We're going to cut off Nord Stream 2. I don't understand the strategy here. Well, um, I, can, I can answer the first part, why he's talking publicly about it. I, I can't answer the second, because what you just said is exactly what you would advise President Trump. That's exactly why this wouldn't have been happening under President Trump's leadership when you were in office. But let's go back to why Biden's saying this right now, why he continues to warn that Ukraine is about to invade. Um, Secretary Blinken has said this publicly. It's not classified information, but they're very concerned about what they call false flag operations coming from Russia, basically suggesting that people of Russian descent, people who speak Russian language within Ukraine are being mistreated. Therefore, Vladimir Putin has to go in and rescue them. So what what I think is happening here is you've got Biden, you've got Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, warning that Russia is indeed preparing to and intending to invade. I think they're trying to sort of put a pierce pierce that um, balloon of, uh, you know, a false flag that, that Putin could, could put forward, trying to defuse that argument. Um, I actually think that's probably the best hand they can play on that front right now. But you're exactly right. What he could do, what Biden could do today, and he should have done it months ago, certainly weeks ago, is he could begin to give Vladimir Putin a taste of what's to come. Mm. He keeps, you know, talking about sanctions. And Putin's heard plenty of tough talk coming out of this administration what they need to see now is American resolve. He should basically step up today and put an end to any progress on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. I, that's the most frustrating thing to me of all. He can go ahead and begin the sanctioning process, whether he wants to sanction individuals, for example, sanction Russian mineral extraction, the, the things that he could begin to do now that still leave plenty of room to move forward. But that would let Vladimir Putin know that America indeed is going to stand strong, that we do demonstrate our resolve. But Biden cannot seem to do that. I want to come back to that point, but just on the issue of the false flag, it just seemed to me in recent days the threat of an invasion into the 
uh, Kiev capital. Now, before it was mostly seemed like it was the issue of Eastern Ukraine, Russian speaking people living. Now, those people who speak Russian don't necessarily want to come under Vladimir Putin's uh, thumb. But now uh, the rhetoric is about invading Kiev, which is a big change. I mean, that suggests that they want to take over the whole country. It's an extremely um, big move. If Putin decides to do that, it will be very costly to him, regardless of what we might do. I'll say this, though, and this underscores why President Trump was right to press hard on NATO allies uh, back beginning in 2017, that they should step up, that they should fulfill their commitments, that they should be more of a force, because the European allies in NATO have underinvested in their own defense. They've created a vulnerability, and now they're more concerned about themselves than, than keeping their neighborhood cleaned up. And, you know, I, I think that Putin has basically seen the weakness from NATO. He's seen an opening with the U.S. administration because of, again, the, the Biden's administration's sheer incompetence at every level. And I think he just feels this is time to move. And how far he'll move, I don't know. Again, if he goes all the way, all the way to Kiev, it would be extremely costly to maintain that. Um, it, it's, uh, it's, I guess, really only one person's decision right now, and that's Vladimir Putin, because Biden has proven himself incapable of dissuading him. Um, Senator Haggerty's got troops in Belarus, which is awfully close. You know, the border there is awfully close to Kiev. Yes, they they even talked about um, there's some activity of building bridges and things of that nature where they could easily or more easily access the region. So Putin is definitely increasing the threat, and he's negotiating every day. I'd say this about the negotiation, Larry, if you put it into poker terms, every card that Vladimir Putin has been dealt from Joe Biden has been a face card. You go all the way back to the beginning. You know, President Trump held back on the New START treaty. He was trying to bring more of the, the other non-conventional weapons into the into the fold, broaden the treaty, trying to put pressure on Putin. And we weren't going to give them an extension of that treaty without getting something for it. You know, it, you, you have Joe Biden come to the table. He immediately extends the treaty for five years, giving getting nothing in return. Mm. And then the, the, probably the, the next and really bad thing is that Russian hackers attack our colonial pipeline here in America. There are no repercussions for them. In fact, you have Joe Biden show up with a list of 17 industries that he demands that Vladimir Putin not attack. Larry, that probably means that industry number 13 that was on the list that Vladimir Putin hadn't thought of just went straight on the hit list. Uh, And what does it say about the rest of the the rest of the industries that, um, you know, that that weren't listed there? Probably the most the most impactful, though, and this is an indirect effect, but that's when Biden decided to wage war on the oil and gas industry here in America. He killed the Keystone XL pipeline. He stopped drilling here in America. And energy prices around the world have soared. That's been a massive windfall to Vladimir Putin. All of this disruption has actually enabled Putin, the the second largest producer of energy in the world is Russia, has allowed him to incur a massive windfall. We're funding this operation, if you step back and think of it that way. Mm -hmm. That's right. We are. We are funding this. Instead of increasing supplies here, we are reducing supplies there's a front-page story in the journal today that um, the frackers are not increasing supplies. And I think you you probably saw FERC is now waging war against pipelines. The SEC is waging war against the fossil fuel companies. They're trying to nominate, uh, to put in a confirm, the Sarah Bloom Raskin as the chief bank supervisor at the oh. Federal Reserve. She wants to stop loans going to 
uh, fossil fuel companies. So they're doing everything they can to cut back on our supplies and decimate our energy industry. Yes, it's it's terrible. And, you know, in 2017, when President Trump came in, America finally became energy independent again. And when I was ambassador to Japan, I encouraged the Japanese strongly to buy our liquid natural gas, our LNG. We actually were exporting, you know, economic benefits, but also we were exporting national security because nations like Japan were depending on other nations that certainly don't have their best interest at heart. It was an it was an element of our national security strategy, a clear element, to be able to increase our, our LNG production, much cleaner LNG than comes out of Russia, and be able to come to the aid of anybody that might be threatened by somebody like Vladimir Putin, who can use now energy as a geopolitical weapon. The completion of Nord Stream 2 is going to basically hand, you know, hand Russia a huge political weapon over all of Europe because now Vladimir Putin can have his foot on the throat of the energy supply there. We could have countered all of that. Your key point, we got to take a quick break, Senator, and then we'll come right back with you on the other side. But your key point is basically Biden energy policies are financing Putin. You are so right. Just in right. stark terms, that is exactly right. And that is a tragedy. And that has nothing to do with America first. That's America last. We're talking to Senator Bill Haggerty of Tennessee, former ambassador to Japan. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're going to take a very quick break. And when we come back on the other side, we're going to talk some more about this. I want to talk about cyber warfare, Russia versus Ukraine, Russia versus the United States. Anyway, I'm Kudlow. Please stick around. We'll be right back. This is The Larry Kudlow Show. Now, back to the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're here talking with uh, Senator Bill Haggerty of Tennessee, former uh, ambassador to uh, Japan during the Trump administration. Um, Senator, can we just, um, I want to add this uh, cyber war that I'm reading about, Russia waging cyber war against the Ukraine, which could be crippling. And then, of course, the threat is that Russia will wage cyber war against the United States. Russia's already done both. They in initiated what they call a distributed denial of service there in Ukraine. They can hit the Ukrainian military. They can hit their banking system. They can hit, you know, a, a number of public utilities infrastructure there could, that can be extraordinarily disruptive. And they've already given Ukraine a taste of that. But frankly, Larry, we talked about this in the previous segment. They've given the United States a taste of it as well when they allowed their hackers to hit the colonial pipeline here in America. We had lines at the gas station, shortages here. Uh, anything like this can be extraordinarily disruptive. And in my view, it's just another element, another aspect of waging war. I mean, Biden is warning that there's going to be um, military action from Ukraine. But in many respects, this sort of cyber warfare is just a, a different flavor of that. Yeah, it's already started. I just want to come back to this business that President Biden yesterday talked about the invasion and talked about the invasion into Kiev, the capital, or Kiev. Um, that's really, I mean, this is Crimea writ large. This is not just eastern Ukraine. You're talking about he's going to take over the entire country. And so if that were the case, what are we going to do about that? What can we do about that? Well, it's, it's very hard for Joe Biden to justify moving U.S. troops in there. He's put himself mm -hmm. in a terrible predicament because he's refused to defend our southern border here in America. He's precipitated the greatest national security crisis that we've seen in certainly my lifetime. And then 
he's turning around and make, trying to make the argument that he should go in and defend Ukraine. I think that's going to be an extraordinarily difficult argument for him to make here in America to send our sons and daughters there when he won't protect our southern border. We have people in Tennessee, Larry, my home state, dying of fentanyl overdoses, and, and, and we have this happening at just record rates since January of 2021 when the border collapsed. Uh, we're standing by and letting Americans be killed by illegal activity at our southern border, yet we're talking about helping another country. I think Biden's put himself in a difficult situation. The other side of this is that China is looking at this and thinking that well, if there's no action on Russia taking all of Ukraine, then there certainly won't be any response to us taking Taiwan. So Biden's mm-hmm. put himself in a very difficult strategic situation here. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't want to see uh, American troops in Ukraine. That's for sure. But it just kind of struck me that suddenly we're not talking about a slice of the Ukraine. We're talking about Putin taking over all of Ukraine. And that brings me to NATO And that brings me to Germany, Senator Haggerty. What is Germany? I mean, which side is Germany on? Germany is very difficult. And we've seen the Biden administration side with German industry, if you will, because German industry has been put at a huge disadvantage when after the Fukushima nuclear disaster in Japan, the Greens in Germany said, we're going to do away with nuclear energy. And they dramatically increased the cost of energy for German industry. Uh, They've made German industry less competitive. And what's happened is that the German industrial complex wants to get cheaper access to to energy. So this Nord Stream 2 pipeline was the answer to that. Uh, President Trump wisely realized the strategic advantage that gives to Putin, not only in terms of giving him more revenues, giving him more access to Western European markets, but also making Ukraine far more more vulnerable. And that was the reason for the sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Again, Biden came in in, in order to both appease Germany and get them cheaper energy, but also, I think, in a way um, to, to show his good nature to Vladimir Putin, uh, he allows them to go ahead and complete that pipeline and put us in a far more dangerous uh, strategic situation there. Um, the, the Germans want to see this this natural gas because they're placing their economic interest over security interest. And frankly, Larry, and it's been frustrating to me for years, the United States has been subsidizing Germany's national security because we have spent they pick your year, three and a half to five and a half percent of our GDP on defense, whereas Germany can't even meet their obligation of two percent of GDP as a NATO member. They, they have a hard time even getting to one percent. So we, in essence, are subsidizing their national security and they're taking advantage of us in a big way. I mean, when the German, the new German chancellor came here and he had this joint press conference with Biden and Biden talked about sanctioning uh, Nord Stream 2, the German chancellor did not support that. He did not say yes. I mean, you know, it was so embarrassing. Right. He just warbled on about this, that, and the other thing. I mean, I don't think Germany is a dependable ally at all. Um, I don't understand the NATO story right now. I mean, I think Putin has just sliced this, our so-called security arrangement. He's just sliced it into two pieces or three pieces or four pieces. Well, he's certainly driven a wedge into it. And again, I'll come back to the fact, though, that a weak America precipitates this type of activity all over the globe. The the Afghanistan situation, Larry, perhaps the most embarrassing um, situation that that we've seen as a nation in my lifetime again, uh, that has invited a tremendous amount of of, uh, activity from our adversaries. You know, since that happened, China has dramatically increased their you know, air forays into Taiwan's airspace. Uh, Putin has seen that and then increased his military activity on the Ukraine border. Uh, we've seen North Korea misbehaving again. 
Uh, I'm certain that the Iranians are looking at this uh, with great favor. Uh, when we failed in Afghanistan, I think we set a pretext for this sort of disruption around the world. And Joe Biden had the opportunity early on to begin to impose sanctions. I'll come back to that. We don't have to send troops to, to let Russia feel the pain. Mm-hmm. We could have been, begun to impose sanctions early on and let Putin know there would be consequences. But this administration will not demonstrate resolve. They just want to use words to quote, power of diplomacy, but they won't back it up with strength. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, yesterday at the press conference or whatever it was with Biden, he should have just laid out the sanctions, just said, here it comes, date certain, bingo. And he didn't do that. Um, I can't, you know, you mentioned Iran. My brain explodes at the thought that the Biden administration is desperately trying to renegotiate some kind of deal with Iran. Really, my brain explodes at this. Yeah, the notion that Iran is going to be some sort of rational actor is just so naive. Uh, It's absolutely amazing. This is some sort of ego trip, I presume, on behalf of the former Obama administration officials that put us in jeopardy by negotiating the deal in the first place. And if you think about it, Larry, when we came in to office uh, under President Trump, uh, you serving in the White House, I was serving as ambassador to Japan, we imposed what was known as secondary sanctions on Iran. Uh, Secondary sanctions meaning getting other nations not to do business with Iran, making a very stark opportunity for them. They can either do business with America or they can do business with Iran, but not both. I worked on that very hard to get Japan to stop buying crude from Iran. wasn't easy, but we got it done. We took Iran's Iran's, uh, 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 capital balances from $122 billion down to less than 10 in two years doing that. Now they're up over 30 again because Biden's not not, not, uh, enforcing. So we're funding them, too. They don't need to negotiate. Senator Bill Haggerty of Tennessee, thank you, sir. Thank, thank you, you Larry. very Always much for your inputs. Really appreciate it. Folks, I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. On the other side of the break, we're going to talk to John Kilduff, who is the best energy expert in this country. We'll be right back.